0: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Thursday, February 24th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Patrick Murphy. We are making a tweak to the show beginning today. If you are listening on YouTube, you can now see our faces usually when we do the shows. Not every show we're going to do video, but most of the shows now we will on YouTube. Now, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening directly from Bucknuts, if you are listening on any other audio-only service, nothing changes for you. It's just if you're listening on YouTube, now you get to see our mugs. Our bosses, for some reason, thought you guys would want to see our mugs. I, I I don't know why, but um, they're our bosses, so now you get to see our mugs. If you're watching on YouTube, hi, YouTube. Hi, Patrick. We're, so, we're sorry. We're sorry. We, we do. We apologize in advance for the fact that you now have to like watch us talk about Ohio State not just listen to us. But again, if you're, you know, on one of the many uh, other services, nothing changes for you. Just for all of you good peeps on YouTube. All right, let's get down to matters of business, Patrick. Okay, Gene Smith's press conference last week. I haven't talked to you on the show about this since we had that press conference. So many interesting things to talk about. I posted a story on Bucknuts yesterday about his comments on name image and likeness, specifically how he is not a fan of the idea that name image and likeness should be affecting recruiting. The problem is it is affecting recruiting. He thinks, even at Ohio State, it should just be the current student-athletes. He talked about Travion Henderson has had some life-changing NIL deals where he can now like take care of his mom and all of that. Again, I encourage you guys to get on Bucknuts and read that story if you haven't already. But he said he does not want it to impact recruiting. The problem is, Patrick, it already is. Right, Texas A&M? So what, just what did you make of Gene's comments there?
2: Well, I don't know how it wouldn't impact recruiting. Obviously these kids are, are, are coming to school. Let's be honest. There have been kids for the last several years beyond that, even that have been getting paid to, to come to universities, whether it's boosters, whether whatever, at, at and various places.
0: That. Sorry to cut you off. Jimbo even said that. He even said the, the right. quiet part out loud. He said NIL has been going on for a long time. It's now just right. Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. And so this has been happening. Now it's legal, as you just said, Dave, and as, as Jimbo Fisher put it quite quite nicely. And so now it is available in recruiting, and it's it's whether or not you want to get on board, how you're going to, to handle it. Ohio State is going to stay very on the line. They're, they're not doing anything that's going to get them in trouble, and I, I think that's a good idea. I think you can still, if you're Ohio State, recruit at a very high level. You you mentioned the Texas and M. There's a lot of these, you know, reports, rumors, whatever you want to say about about how they've gotten this top recruiting class. You know, boosters can do what they want. Uh, you know, whether that's a a recruiting pitch that the coach actually gives, or whether it's something that like you visit campus, you happen to run into so and so, and they happen to mention, hey, if you come here, here's our here's our thing. But Ohio State at some point will have to get on board with this, or the NCAA, the you know, there will have to be some sort of regulation. We've talked about this before on on how you can handle the NIL stuff. So right now, it's as you put it when you asked Gene Smith, as as Gene Smith agreed with you on, it's the Wild West, and teams can kind of do within a a very small constraint of rules can do whatever they want. Um, but yeah, it, it, right now it's it's certainly a part of recruiting and ohio state will have to adjust to this while while still trying to stay true to like the values of ohio state whatever that means i guess
0: what do you make of his comments that he agrees there should be some regulations with nil he strongly agrees there should be regulations but he says it should not come from the ncaa it should come from congress it should come federally now for those that are wondering come on that's a pipe dream his to defend Gene a little bit on that, even though I kind of disagree with him, it's because the NCAA is afraid of getting sued, because these yeah. are all state laws that are in effect, and if they tried to like usurp those, they could get sued. So I hear what he's saying there, but what did you make of that? Because that, that's one thing that kind of took me by surprise. He's like, yeah, we absolutely need regulations, but can't be the NCAA, it has to be Congress. Well, I think if you can do that, that would be great, because then it's, a, it's, a, it's
2: across the board. The NCAA doesn't have to institute a rule. People aren't trying to branch out beyond the NCAA. It's 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 a it's it's a law from from the federal Congress, um, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. You know, there, there's a lot of other things, and Dave, you and I have talked about this that that these people are dealing with that don't have to deal with college football, right? So, I mean, that that just seems like a a very small, lower down thing on their agenda list. And, uh, you know, I mean, I understand there's a lot of college football fans that, that are involved at that level, but to get this regulated, I understand where Gene Smith is coming from because if it comes from a federal level, it's across the board. But uh, I think the NCAA is going to have to be the one that, that makes the decisions here. And I know that the NCAA doesn't want to do that, which is also a part of why I think Gene Smith's thinking this needs to come from higher up. Um, but I just don't know if that's something that, that federal uh, people are, are really considering at this point.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the whole NIL thing is crazy. It's still so new. Yeah. It's absolutely the way we use the term, but it's it fits perfectly. It's the Wild West. Except, as I said in the story, the difference, the Wild West, most towns had a sheriff. Um, yeah. Right now, it's like the Wild West without any sheriffs at all. Um, all right, let's switch gears. All right. So spring ball is about two weeks away. We're kicking off football in two weeks, buck Nutters. Love it. Crazy. Um, it is. So the number one story, obviously for Ohio State is Jim Knowles in this defense. How much can he improve this defense? Can they go from number 59 in the country to top 40 at least? I feel like they got to be top 40 at least hit, you know, play the hits Casey case and got to be top 40. Um, With an elite offense. Carson Daly for a younger group of audience. I know. I just showed my age there, didn't I? Yeah, Carson Daly. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. I love Casey Kasem, though. Casey Kasem is the original, the top 40. That's right. Um, America's top 40. Um, This is why we shouldn't do the the show on video right now. I'm embarrassing myself. Um, But uh, seriously, if they're, like, top 40, they'll be okay because they will have an elite offense. But what if they're, like, a top 20 defense? Look the freak out. Ohio State is going to be so tough to beat if they have a top 20 defense, top 25-ish defense, especially with this schedule. And they were 59th last year, but they kind of had a weak schedule. I mean, Oregon turned out to be like an average team. You know, they could do whatever they wanted, Michigan could do whatever they wanted. Utah could do whatever they wanted. So 59th is almost like kind of like, I don't know, like misleading. They were like more like they like 80th in the country, just to throw a number out there. Um, I'm hoping they can be a lot better. The question for you, sir. In spring ball, how much do you think we're going to get to glean from this defense? Will we know a lot during and after spring ball about this defense? What are your thoughts on that?
2: I think we will get to learn some because it's a new defense. I think we will be able to see some things that we can point to and be like, oh, this is Jim Knowles' defense from Oklahoma State. Like We see this guy doing this or that guy doing that, and we'll be able to, to get some, but I think over the course of spring practice, over the course of Fall camp. Once we get to that, and and you know the 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 little bits they can do in summer, and, and going into the fall, I think there's going to be tweaks. I I don't think this will be exactly what Jim Knowles did at Oklahoma State because he's smart enough to realize, all right, I've got different personnel here. I've got to make this work as close to what I want to do, but I'm going to make this work for for my guys. And so I think we'll be able to get an idea of it in spring ball, and I think the Buckeyes will get an idea of it in spring ball. But I don't think this is going to be a finished product until maybe until the first game, but even beyond then, I think this defense is going to continue to evolve. Guys may emerge, be even beyond that first game against Notre Dame. And, you know, by the end of next season, this defense could look different than even it did week one. So I think Jim Knowles is, is capable of looking at things and being like, oh, here's where we started. This this worked. This didn't. I'm going to change this as we go throughout the season. And and so things may change. But um, I think we'll get a good idea. I mean, it, things will definitely look different in the spring than they did at the end of, of the season in the Rose Bowl. And, you know, you, you have multiple new defensive coaches, a lot of new guys that are going to be stepping in. So I think we'll get an idea. I just don't think it'll be a finished product, maybe even into to the first half of the season as they're still working on things.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, not only the, the schematics, but seeing like, hopefully we get a chance to see like a decent amount of practices and we can get a feel for like- It okay, sounds we- like we will this guy, sounds like I, we will. I love it. I love it. It does yeah. sound like that. And it, we'll get a feel for, like, this guy's running with the first team, this guy's running with the second team. No, as we all know, they'll be mixing and matching. Some guys will run first team, second team, third team. But we'll get a good idea of, oh, they really like Court Williams or they really like this guy or they, they really like that guy. Like, we'll get a, a pretty good idea as long as practices are open. And like you said, sounds like a, a decent amount of practices will be open. So that's good news for us. All right, let's close the show talking some basketball. Two topics. We'll hit on Ohio State-Illinois tonight. It's going to be a huge game in Champaign tonight. Buckeyes at Illinois. We'll hit on that in a minute. I want to ask you about Jawan Howard. I have not done a show since the Jawan Howard incident has happened. Dan Rubin's been filling in for me. uh, Filled in for me yesterday, I should say. We were off on Monday. So I've not done a show since the Jawan Howard incident happened. Suspended five games. So the rest of the regular season, he will be able to coach in the Big Ten Tournament. Regardless, he won't be able to coach in the NCAA tournament because Michigan won't make it. Uh, tip your waitress, but anyway, I guess they could make it. They could, yeah. they could, they could. They're playing for their lives right now. Tip your server anyway because they're, yeah, they're yeah. not, they're not, they're not making it. They're not making it. But anyway, do you feel like they got it right with a five-game suspension? Should have been less. Should have been more. I kind of feel like they got it right. I'm not gonna call for his job initially. I thought he should be fired. I think they might have got it right. What are your thoughts?
2: I thought he should have been fired. I'm going to be honest. That was my first response. I waited. I, I mean, I didn't put anything on social media. Just I, I didn't want to do that. But and, and Chris Holtman made a really good point the other day on the radio show about not overreacting to things and stuff like that. And I, I took that to account. But you go back and you you look at the way Woody Hayes' career ended. Now, he clotheslined a player and that's slightly different situation. But in today's culture with, with a lot of things that have gone on and, you know, we can talk here, there, whatever, but you, you go on camera and full on hit a man. I don't, I I mean, I don't know, you know, what do you, what, aside from results, aside from, you know, saying something that's way below the belt, what, what else is a fireable offense? And, uh, you know, I think if Juwan Howard were, three years into a struggling Michigan program and he hadn't made them significantly better. And Juwan Howard's done. The results are, are, are easily uh, visible to, to anyone since he's been there, what they've, what that program's done. If that's not the case, I think that's an easy out for Michigan to fire him. And I think they didn't because they know that he's found a way to get results this year. Hasn't been great, but for the most part, he's been good. And, you know, I think if, if you and I, Dave are, are, Talking on a Michigan podcast, and this was Chris Holtman. We were talking about. We'd say the exact same thing. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I think he should have been gone. I think that you, you strike another person that clearly on camera. I don't, I don't think that's something you come back from. Just in my opinion,
0: you're probably right. They say go with your first instinct on the IQ test, right? My first instinct was that he should be fired. You know, and then I thought about. it. I was like, well, this and that. I kind of, you know, talked myself into the rest of the regular season would be a good you know punishment to fit the crime and I was thinking I hope they don't just spend him for one or two games so I was okay with it but you make a very good point especially considering the fact that he had the incident last year in the Big Ten tournament with Mark Turgeon yeah. from Maryland cool. saying yeah. I'm gonna kill you like and yeah he didn't literally mean he was gonna kill him I think probably right right but still I mean to your point you know I'd probably uh lean more toward your opinion than mine. I that that's well, how things and, happen.
2: And, and right? here's the thing too What if Michigan goes on a run in the Big Ten tournament? Because there's a lot of talent on that team. Without him, they go on a run. Well, I guess he'd be back for the Big Ten tournament. So they go on a run. They make the NCAA tournament. They make a run. He gets credited for all of this. You know, just to me, it seems like at the very least, announced he's done for the season. I think that was the least. And all they did was he's done for the regular season. So if he comes back, they make a run. He still gets credit for all that. And and people are just going to forget that this happened. And, and there's a lot to consider here. I think, you know, the, the, the whole situation, uh, you know, you can make arguments about what Greg Gard did and all that. I don't think that justifies what just, or uh, Jawan Howard did. Excuse me. Um, but I, ju- I just think at the very least, it should have been, he's done for the rest of this season, postseason included.
0: And I'll say one more thing about this. I hate the argument that I've heard. I've heard this from Seth Greenberg on ESPN. The basketball analyst saying things like, Listen, sometimes coaches just want to do a blow by, it's not classy, but you have to let it go. You have to let it go if they just want to do a blow by, you have to let it go. That's not what Jawan Howard was doing, though. He wasn't ignoring no. great guard. He pulled his face mask down to say, I'll remember that BS. And he didn't say, BS, I could probably say the real word. We're on a podcast, isn't like we're on like terrestrial radio. He pulled his face mask down and say, I'll remember that BS. Then tried to do like the walk by. It's like, right, no. I don't fault Greg Guard at all. People would say, "Well, he put his hands on him first. Yeah, but Juan started the incident by saying, "I'll remember that BS." So, yeah. Well, I think and you're I mean, right. I think, you know,
2: I think Greg Guard his whole point was, "Hey, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to have this conversation. We're going to do this now." That's my interpretation of, of the motion there.
0: Especially considering you just told me I'll remember that BS.
2: Yeah. And you, and and Greg guard was the winning coach. He didn't have to stop Jawan Howard. The, the one thing I will say, and I think Chris Holtman summed this up really well, is that those play that point in time is very emotional. And I think everyone knows that probably anyone who's ever played sports who's ever, you know, been on a a loss like that, especially towards the end of a season, you know, February, end of March or end of the, the season heading into March madness. It's tough. And, you know, going to shake a hand of an opponent, a coach, a player, whatever, Chris Holtman made it very clear that that he thought that that is is one of the worst situations when you're a loser to go do. But he felt it's important that you go do it and you handle it right. And I think that that is the problem with Juwan Howard. And we've seen it multiple times now. And I think you go back to when Juwan Howard was a player. It didn't always uh, go smoothly in those situations. So, I think Michigan knows what they're dealing with. They made their bed. Now this is two times, as you mentioned, Dave, that, that this has happened with an opposing coach. You're not going to take a, an aggressive action here.
0: We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, one thing we, I think we can all agree on, whatever you think about this, he's definitely on his last strike. Anything else happens like that, they they will get rid of him. They would have to. And you could easily make the argument, as you just did, that they should have already – gotten rid of him all right to close the show let's talk about a team that will be going to the ncaa tournament the ohio state buckeyes playing at illinois as we mentioned tonight big game illinois very good team this will be the only game in the regular season remaining for the buckeyes that they are an underdog they can still win this game tonight though your thoughts on this matchup with the fighting illini
2: it's interesting because ohio state's
0: actually had a pretty good record
2: against illinois in the the kofi coburn era um, they, they've handled him moderately well. Now, obviously they, they won at Illinois last year. They lost at home late in the season. And then everyone remembers the overtime loss in the big 10 tournament title game. That's a game when Ohio state, you know, sitting there at the game, I thought, wow, they, they've done a good job to get back in this game. They forced overtime. I thought they were going to end up just surprising everyone winning the big 10 tournament. Doesn't happen. Close loss. I think people give Chris Holtman too much stick given the fact that he, he, they got to that point as, as an underdog, but this game huge for Ohio state, if you can win this game, you know, you're, you're back in the thick of things. I think when people looked at these last few games, of the season, it was like, this was the game you can lose. And if you can win the rest of the games, you're right there for the big 10 regular season title. They obviously lost the game at Iowa, which was a part of it, found a way to win against Indiana. If you could, Pull out this win on the road against Illinois. Not only does that put you back in the thick of things, that helps you in terms of seeding for the NCAA tournament, which we're still a little ways off. But every win helps, so it, it's not going to be easy. Illinois is a very experienced team. They've got, you know, aside from Kofi, they've got they've got a lot of guys who have played a lot of basketball in the Big Ten. It, it's going to be tough, um, but this team is surprised at times. And you know, you look at the Duke game. You look at that game against Wisconsin at home. I think people expected both those games to probably be a loss. So sometimes when they're backs against the wall, this team responds. I know people criticize Chris Holtman for some of these late season results. This would be a big one if they could get it. Definitely.
0: No doubt about it. Thank you to Patrick Murphy. Thank you to all of the listeners and viewers. Hope everyone has a great day.